from the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, I hope you're having a wonderful day today, beloved. We are here in Malachi chapter 3, looking forward to the coming of the Lord. And we've gone through the first three verses, and we've seen uh, the time, uh, we're looking at the time of the prophet, and we have seen the person, and we have seen the purpose, and, and uh, we have seen yesterday the process and of course if you remember yesterday we, verse 3 talks about what Jesus has done at his first coming he takes and refines us uh, or he uh, he makes us white as a fuller he gives us his imputed righteousness it, it's a picture of our redemption it is a picture of our justification of our atonement and then he gives us the refiners process which is a picture of our sanctification the growth process of the Christian life and, and our also our uh, uh, glorification our eventual glorification and, and then he talks about how in the second coming that the priests are going to be instituted and uh, the sons of Zadok, of course, with Ezekiel 48, 11, uh, they are going to uh, offer the sacrifices again. And now look at the principle here in verse 4 because it's speaking about the Levites uh, offering those sacrifices once again during the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old as in former years. You know, there was a time everybody started off on on a good note and on the right foot this with Aaron and his sons and of course he had trouble with two of his sons but uh, but he had two sons Eliezer and, and his brother Abihu uh, did right and did well Hophni and Phineas had to die but uh, but they they followed the principles and they followed the plan and they followed the process and they were pleasant and there were times they were pleasant but the, for a long long time they had been not pleasant to God and they had done the right uh, they'd done the wrong things and uh, but here in the millennium Jerusalem would be pleasant in the eyes of God. Do you remember, uh, I mentioned this before, that Israel is only called the Holy Land one time in the Bible, and it's not found to be holy, the true Holy Land, until Jesus comes to cleanse the land in the, in, in the, uh, at the brightness of his coming at the second coming. So they have been far removed from pleasing God. Now they're going to please God once again. Now in verse 5, he tells us the perpetrators. Who were those that did not please God? He said, God says, I will come near to you uh, to judgment. And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against adulterers, and against false swearers, and against those that oppress the hirelings in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right, and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. So there were sorcerers, and there were adulterers, people dealing with unclean spirits, people being immoral, false swearers, liars, oppressors, people that wanted to uh, put their thumb on other people, those that did not fear God, those who cheated uh, in their labors, they cheated their boss, or they cheated their employers, and those who oppressed the widow and the fatherless and those who cheated the strangers, uh, foreigners from their rights that God gave in the land and say, what happened? What happened? That people uh, got away from God and got away from the principles and became perpetrators and intruders. Uh, well, you know what? They got away from the law of God. See, God gave a written law to Moses on Mount Sinai and the Jews became guilty of following an oral law. 
the traditions of the fathers. You know, the, if you were to uh, uh, study Judaism, what happened is they began, there was the law of God given to Moses and, and written uh, with the finger of God, the sign of Mount Sinai, and Moses would write down the law of God. But then the rabbis decided that they would uh, go with an oral law by tradition, and they would add to the law. And the more they added to the law, we have books today, the Mishnah, the, the Talmud, and First uh, Peter 1 talks about the traditions of the rabbis, of the fathers, that they made up rules that God didn't give. Good night, God had 613. You think that'd be enough? And the oral rabbi law supersedes the written law of Moses. By the way, that's what Roman Catholicism does. They say that the, 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 what the church decides supersedes the Bible. See, there's no new thing under the sun, and both those groups do that even today. And as soon as man's law supersedes the law of God, you'll find nothing but sinfulness and perpetrators of the law of God because man elevates himself and man's law. You know what? And when man gives a law, I don't have to follow a man's law. But I do need to follow the law of God. Now, now look, we the law of God tells us to follow our, our civil servants, but that's obeying the law of God. But look, you're, what you think and what rules you make up aren't, aren't any better than what I can make up. But when we all go by the law of God, then we have a higher power. We have a higher power to follow. But God wanted to perpetuate righteousness. And, and they had gotten away from that. In verse 6, God said, I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. You better, God does not change. My, may I remind you that this is still God's word today? And I say that because we live in an ever-changing world, but we hold fast to an unchanging God of all the ages. And we hold fast to the Ancient of Days. There has been no change in our God or in our God's word. There are words we cannot define nor comprehend in our finite human minds. Uh, words like always, eternity, and God. Those are not words that you and I can really comprehend. And, and a changing God is an imperfect God and you cannot improve nor change perfection and if God changed it would be a confession of God's fallibility but God is infallible if God changed, he would have to change his holiness, his love, and his justice. He would have to change his mercy, his grace, his peace, his comfort. He will not change any of those things for any one of us. And if the Lamb of Grace was slain from the foundation of the world, then the Lion of the tribe of Judah will return in great judgment. Like what G. Campbell Morgan said when he was alive, he will not abandon man to his sin, but will provide redemption for the sinners. God wasn't just going to let us. Just because we change don't mean God's going to change. God's going to make sure the standards of God's holiness and righteousness have never been lowered. His judgment and his coming are just as certain as the air you breathe uh, right now. And hell is still just as real and just as hot and just as bottomless as it has ever been. And she has room for all who run from God into her dark and hallowed walls of damnation for eternity. God does not change. The Bible says, meddle not with them that are given to change. Uh, neither does his word change. His son is the word. Logos. More than 40 men who never saw each other, most of them. never, Most of whom never lived in the same generation and most of whom never read what the others had written were used by God to pen a miracle we call the Bible. Those men without, wrote without knowing the, the knowledge of what any of the others were writing. In most cases, a few did. 
and the unity of the Bible is its strength and strongest argument for its inspiration. If all those men had written at the same time, uh, in the same room, with the same faith and thought, yet without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we would have never had the Bible. The Bible is God's gift by inspiration, preservation. It's infallible. That means you can't destroy it. It's immutable. That means it's unchanging. And it is inspired by God's Spirit and preserved by God's promise. Men want to change God. Men try, have tried changing the name and the nature of God into a thousand names and, and ten thousand natures. But God will not be changed by mortal men. Uh, men uh, must be changed by God. God is unchanging in his love, his holiness, his righteous. Uh, he, he is unchanging in his love, unfailing in his ho holiness, unmovable in his righteousness, and unconquered in his grace and judgment. That is the secret for our service and the inspiration of our songs. We may depart from him, but he never depart for us. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Praise the Lord for it. I hope you won't be moved. Hey, go ahead and be a hard head. Amen. Be a hard head. God's a hard head. He doesn't change. Don't change. Meddle not with them that are given change. And thank God that you have an unchanging God or because it's of his mercies because God is a merciful, unchanging, merciful God or God could change his mind. We'd all, we'd all be in trouble. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have an unchanging God. Let's hold fast to that profession of our faith. Amen. God bless you uh, today as you go about your day until our time tomorrow. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poor House to the Palace. From the poor